So after a little self-convincing, she decides that she wants to start playing competitively. Thinks that she's ready. She's been working on her game, practicing a lot. And, you know, she hasn't done a lot of, like, technical lessons. Just been really practicing playing on the golf course and decides that, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to try to compete. Um, and definitely it took some courage to do that. So she starts playing and she struggles under pressure. And somebody comes along and says, well, you know, you really should think about changing this in your swing because your swing will not hold up under pressure. And that is the reason why you're struggling. So she decides to do this and decides to start getting coaching and start really working on her technique. So she gives it another shot and tries to compete again. And this time it goes like even worse. And now the conversation goes something like, well, it's your swing's just not grooved enough. It's still breaking down under pressure. Like you don't own it yet. So she's thinking like, okay, well, what do I have to do to own this darn thing? Like, what do I have to do for it to hold up? So, you know, the conversation keeps going. It's like, okay, you need, you know, like a certain amount of hours, a certain amount of reps. You need to practice four days, five days a week on this. So she commits to it. She's grinding. She's working on that technique over and over and over, but she's starting. Oh, the more she's playing, the more she's just waiting for it to break down. And every time she struggles, the first thing she does is run to the range and start to work on that technique. And she starts to notice a pattern that every time she's doing this, uh, her performance gets worse and worse. So now her head is just flustered and like, what do I do? My swing's not good enough. It's not breaking down. So the self-image is just getting ripped down. The confidence is getting ripped down. And this player is like totally lost at this point. And the sad thing is, is this is so common and it's so irrational how we're trained to think about our swing. So in this episode, we're going to show you what we believe is the most irrational thing golfers are led to believe and then how you can flip that and reframe that immediately to better your performance. That is coming up right now. Welcome to the Go Low Show, where it's about golf, grit, and your pursuit of greatness. My name is Kyle Alderink, and I am your co-host, along with my man, John Weir, mental game coach extraordinaire. And in this podcast, we're going to show you everything that you need to know about how to go low in your golf game. And we're excited to bring you that show right now. Expect anything different? Is it his time? Yes! All right, it's time to go. All right, John, so let's talk about a common belief that players have that can be pretty harmful. And it's an unrealistic belief, and we really want to squash that. So that belief is that your swing breaks down. Because the truth of the matter is, is motion doesn't change that much. It's really hard to change a movement pattern. So now, why we call this the most irrational thought is because this is how players think. You ready? They think that and they understand that if you're going to change your swing for the better, it takes time, right? We have to do drills and range work and it takes work to be able to change this and mold it into what you want. However, players tend to believe that their swing will break down for the bad in a second, in one swing out on the golf course. 
it just doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Because now we're out there and we're thinking like at any given second, my swing could break down. And that's what they're told, right? Your swing doesn't hold up under pressure. So we got to understand that that's just not true. Like your swing is not really breaking down. There's some other things that are going there, but golfers tend to like run off to the range and sit there and try to perfect their swing when things go wrong. And that's not quite the issue. And that's really what we want to get into in this episode is to bring that to light. So again, it really doesn't break down. John, what's going on here? Well, right. We always talk about that magical walk, right? From the range to the first tee. (laughs) Players are like, I don't know what it was, John. I was striping it on the range and then something shifted. And I got to that first tee and all of a sudden things started derailing. So I'm 100% on board with you. I think it's kind of an irrational belief. I wish the irrational belief was flipped that it took a really long time to break down your good stuff and and the the bad things get out quickly, right? And can fall away fast. But what's really breaking your swing down, especially whenever you make that walk to the first tee, and now we have the consequence of the round and our score in the game, it isn't our swing breaking down. It's actually, it's stress breaking down your swing. Again, it's originating in your mind. We talked about that TFAR analogy, but this, let's take it a little bit further. So what is the zone and what stops the zone? The zone is a relaxed state of awareness. It's actually an alpha brainwave, and that's what's experienced by all athletes once they've accessed that state. It's a relaxed state of awareness in the present moment. Uh, What breaks down the golf swing or stops the zone is stress, and stress creates a lot of mental activity. And when stress is going on or we have stressful thinking, it's impossible to be relaxed. And what's going on now inside of the brain is there's a release of adrenaline. There's a release of cortisol, which is going to alter your motor cortex. It's going to change your synchronistic muscle pattern or motion patterns and a lot of things. So it isn't the motion that's breaking down. It's actually the stress inhibiting the motor cortex from working properly. And so if we really want to, again, make a change in our performance, we got to look at how do we address situations where we can go in with a relaxed state of awareness and eliminate a lot of the stress. So if we don't break down or eliminate the stress or learn how to reduce it in our game, we're going to find those breakdowns happening in those big moments. Right. That's so perfect. And, you know, another point to that is where the stress can come from is what we're seeing in our environment. You know, and when we don't really know how to control our thoughts, the environment's going to control your thoughts. So what I mean by that is that if you're not, your process is not defined like we talked about, and you're walking up and you see a a hole that just doesn't fit your eye, it's going to induce stress because all you're you're, um, anticipating is a negative result. So it's creating these releases that you're talking about. And when we let that environment control us, and it could be what we see, it could be who you play with. But this is why it's so important that we define every single thing that we do because when we're in control of our thoughts, that environment cannot control you. And that's important because I know you can think back to a situation where you looked at a hole and it totally changed the way you were feeling because, again, you're reacting to what you see instead of you being in control of that. And that's really a big point is just controlling that stress. And I think that's so important for these players to understand. John. Uh, absolutely. And then under stress, a common tendency is just micromanaging and that might be trying to control the environment, but a lot of players, what they end up micromanaging and really trying to control is their golf swing. And again, 
why is the swing breaking down? It isn't the motion or the body. It's also this micromanagement. So what happens when you start micromanaging your swing, you're activating a different part of your brain than needed for performance. You're actually using what's called the prefrontal cortex or an easy way to think of it. It's like the CEO of your mind. Now, this dramatically slows down your performance if you're trying to think your way through the golf swing. Uh, we bring up a lot of military examples, and I read a book. It was called On Combat. Uh, the author's name is kind of uh, eluding me at the moment. But he talks about how much how micromanaging any activity is slowing down your performance. So he said, if a soldier has to aim a gun and tilt his head in order to aim properly, those two motions actually slow his performance down by a half a second versus the person who has one thing on the mind, simply aims and shoots. If you look at the golf swing that's taking place in two seconds, similar to like aiming and firing in a combat situation, if you're micromanaging your golf swing, thinking about two or more things, you're slowing your brain down by a half a second. So something that's taking place in a second and a half to two seconds, that delay throws off a lot of synchronization and it throws off a lot of coordination in the body and the natural movement patterns. So again, what's happening more of creating the breakdown is I would say 85, 90% of the breakdowns, especially in competition, is stress-related and stemming from this type of micromanagement, which I also believe is somewhat stress-related. So if we can start eliminating the stress from our game, we can start relaxing more. And when our brains are in that alpha wave, <clears throat> when our brains go into the alpha rhythms, more of your brain is at use. They show in the fMRIs that about 80% of your brain is illuminated and active. So now you have more of your brain working to achieve your goal versus in stress where we have suppression and inhibiting. Yeah. I mean, it's John, it's all about managing what's going on in the body, right? Yeah, I think if you look at managing, I think if you associate the mind with the body, right? I think, again, the body is going to show you indicators, but what's or creating those indicators is stemming from your thinking. So if you're starting to see breakdowns in your game, the best way to go is approach first, how are you thinking, right? So I just want to put out a point here that I'm a big advocate on constant practice improvement in developing technic being technically sound. But until you have a consistent approach mentally, you're not going to know if it's your swing breaking down on the course or if it's these stress-related type of factors. So going back to Kyle's point and what we've been preaching here about defining things, if you don't define things, then you don't have consistency. And if you don't have consistency, it'll be very difficult to identify really if it's a mental break, like stress breakdown, or that's what's creating breakdowns in swing and performance, or if it's actually a technical breakdown. The more consistent your mental performance and your shot process can be, the easier it is to discern what area of your game you need to go address and work upon. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's get into some things that we can do and that players should do to make sure that they get rid of this belief that their swing is going to break down. Now, first off is that belief, again, is really you're not training your swing as well as you should. You're not training the technique side. So we obviously talked about my practice system in a previous episode. And with that system, again, if you've heard that episode, you know, we want 20% of our practice time maximum on our technique. Now, the thing is, is when we're working on our technique, if we're doing it the way we want to do it, and we're reinforcing the same thing, we shouldn't have to sit there and spend so much time on it. However, players typically go out there and they're just reactionary to what the ball is doing. So they're constantly in fix-it mode and they're never building anything. 
And that's such an important key to understand because if we're out there, we're always reacting to the shot before and fixing. Well, that's how you're going to play, right? So if you're going out there and you start to slice the ball and you're just trying to fix a slice all day long, you're not going to be performing your best. But if you go out there and you know exactly I need to swing like this and my turns like that or whatever your motion is, and you know you hit good shots, when you do that, you're going to be wildly more successful. So the key is, is you have to be building the same thing and you have to use feedback to tell you this because so many players think they're doing what they want to do and they're not even close to doing it. I know you know what I'm talking about where you see somebody with a practice swing that looks like one way and an actual looks another way. I mean, it's a different set of motor patterns, which is why that happened, but that's for a deeper episode. So what we need is we need to use feedback and we want to use stuff that helps us understand if we did it or got off course. We don't want to use things that make you do something. So for example, we can put some alignment sticks in the ground, you know, under the club or something. So if you come too far in out, you hit the stick instead of using something that's making you swing on plane. That's so important because it, if you get off, it's there to tell you. If you clear it, it you know, it's, it gets you, gives you a good rep. But if you hit it, it kind of shocks the system. So using that feedback is so important. And John, with you at Bender's Academy, I mean, you saw feedback at its finest. That guy is amazing at using feedback. 100%. I mean, uh, his academy is, is a second to none. And definitely using tons of feedback and tons of things to find the reinforcement of the motion because we're just looking to groove the correct motion pattern. And some of the best things to do is, like you said, just do this and here's your feedback right? The tinkering and, and kind of getting into that guessing and testing can be uh, a pretty bad place to go for a lot of players. Now, going back to the micromanaging point, how do we eliminate that if that's one of your problems out there, right? And how do we bring in the practice and train with it? And one of the things that I like to do, and this is great for any player, because uh, it kind of gets you into that performance mode, is called the five-five-five drill. So what you do is you separate five balls and you create three groups of five. Your first batch of five is going to be where you're kind of thinking through your swing consciously. So if you have two or more things you're working on with your coach, you'd be taking the time and being very conscious of your motion, of getting into positions, and kind of just consciously working step by step through the swing. And you're just kind of hitting five balls like this, fully conscious and fully aware. Now what we're going to do once we hit those five balls, we're going to strip it down to what is the most essential kind of swing thought or what's that one move that I really need to hone in on. And now we're going to hit five balls where we're simplifying it into that one key fundamental. And then after we hit those five balls, we're going to get into performance mode. And in performance mode, we're going to hit five balls where we're trying to just hit an automation. So what we're going to do is take a deep breath. We're going to exhale the breath, keep our eyes on the dimples of the ball, and just execute. And we're trying to do it as automated as we can to try to figure out what we're retaining. And this is one of those drills that kind of works you step by step from overthinking into more of a performance mode where we're going on automation. And it's especially helpful after a lesson, you know, especially if you're going to go out and play with some friends uh, shortly after or the next day, kind of helps you assimilate your lesson a little bit more and find your main things to take away to the course. Yeah, I love that. And practicing with the different mindsets is, is so important. So that's really cool. And, you know, my final piece to this that I would like to add is, and it's just piggybacking off of what I said earlier, but it's just knowing what you do so well that you just can commit to it. Because going back to that player that 
stripes it on the range, and then goes to the first tee and then has trouble. Like, that player is usually just looking for the swing thought of the day. And they might find it on the range, and they might groove it and feel good. But as soon as they go out there and, and see a little adversity or the shot's a little different, they start going through the Rolodex of swing thoughts. You know, and it's to that point where the more we miss, the harder we try. And the harder we try, the more we're releasing those hormones that you discussed earlier. And, you know, that just, it doesn't really work because they're never really committing to anything because they're sitting there tinkering all day and that's how they spend their practice. And that player is always going to struggle. And, um, you know, it's to the point where they even might just get out to the first tee and even forget, like, what was my thought of the day? And I know this because I was that player. <laughs> like, I have been there. Like, I remember vividly, you know, being on the range and kind of thinking about a certain swing thought. I can even remember I was thinking about, like, keeping my arms out and getting out there to the course and I lose it. And now I'm just lost because the swing thought doesn't work and I don't know what to do. So now I'm starting to try everything. I'm fixing my grip. Um, and the more things go south, the worse you feel and, and you kind of just end up going downhill. So we have to avoid tinkering and we have to really make sure that you know exactly what you're doing and stick to that practice over and over. Yeah, and going off an earlier point you said about the golf swing and having similar tendencies all the time, I mean, you can really look at players going back to like two or three main swing tendencies that they're constantly working on. And mentally, it's the same way. You have tendencies in your mental game that are constantly at work that are altering your performance and your swing. Because again, when your brain is in stress and the cortisol is releasing, your whole motor cortex gets inhibited. It's going to invoke more gross muscle action. It's going to stop fine motor skills. And so if you really want to perform better, you got to look at where your stress tendencies are. You really have to look at stress reduction as a way to improve your overall performance. And I'd encourage everybody to start looking at some breath, breath work or learning breathing processes as a way to develop a coping mechanisms for stress. Because whether you want to admit it or not, this is more at work in your game than you would ever imagine. And more of the breakdowns in performance happen due to stress and what the results are in the body than anything else. And every golfer, if you're honest with yourself, you know this is true because you've had that time on the range, went then to the course, found lost all your shots, right? You hit it well, get to the course, you struggle. As soon as you get off the course, you go back to the range, the consequence and the stress is off. And what happens? Your swing is right back there. And so... Stress is the main killer of the zone and it's the main killer of your performance. So not only do you want to look at those stress or tendencies in your golf swing, find your stress tendencies and work on ways to cope with them. Look at breath techniques, uh, different ways to use your body, mindfulness types of techniques, but stress reduction should be a number one platform for peak performance. Right. I mean, it all comes back down to stress and managing what's going on in our body. That's so important to keep bringing that up. So I really want to leave with this, that, you know, stress again is coming from an unknowing and being unprepared. And that's really important to understand mm -hmm. also, because if you look at this, it's like taking a test. If you are going to take a test and you know all of the answers and you study for every variation of the answer that or the question that can come at you, you're going to feel pretty good going in there. But if you go into a test and you have never seen any question on there, you've never studied for it, you're probably going to be pretty stressed out because you're unprepared. You don't have the solution. 
And that's really what we have to focus on. So if we look at the PGA Tour, for example, and we look at players who stood the test of time and who got to a high level, for like Luke Donald got to number one, for example, because he was consistent in what he was working on, stuck to it, and just played his game plan. And then somebody comes along and gets into his ear and try tells him he needs to change something, and he, he starts changing what he's doing, changing coaches, um, changing his swing, and then like I honestly I don't even know where he is at this point. Uh, Tiger Woods is actually another great example. Like Tiger changed his swing a bunch. He's got like five different coaches who all readily wanted to put their mark on Tiger and their swing fixes. And he eventually won under each one of them, um, some a lot more than others. Um, but it took him two years minimum to be able to get back in the winner's circuit. So it takes a long time to change something is, again, the point, And that's the proof. And Tiger's probably the only person on the planet that can go through swing changes like that radically change the swing and come back and win. So that's like a freak of nature. But again, the point is, is like, we need to know what you're doing. You got to be able to define it. You got to know how to practice it so you can commit to it and say, when I do this, this is the outcome because you're going to feel more prepared. You're going to be less stressed and your swing's not going to break down because it doesn't break down. And that's a big takeaway of this. It's more of what's going on in the body that's changing you. So that's a big thing to understand and a huge takeaway from this episode. Well, let's face it, change is stressful. I mean, if you look at anybody in life, nobody really, a lot, most people will avoid change. I think uh, I heard a motivational speaker say one time, the only people who like change are babies with wet diapers, right? So, I mean, if you're constantly changing your golf swing like that, it's going to create confusion and doubt. And that is obviously stress. I mean, you got to look at stress as a spectrum. So when we hear, you hear us talk about stress, there's a full spectrum, right? Like fearful and panic is in that spectrum and also just kind of being a little concerned and worried. All of these things are still creating like hormonal releases going on in your brain. It's just determining how much, right? So if you're a little stressed, you may not see massive breakdowns in your golf swing versus if you're panicked, but it's still in that same spectrum. So changing and tinkering and doing these things or constantly changing coaches or changing directions with type of ball flight absolutely can create a lot of stress. And going to Kyle's point, and I think my message out there to everybody is too, is know yourself. You want to understand what you do great. And you want to hone in on that and appreciate that and cultivate it. And I think that if you if you continue to learn yourself, you learn your tendencies and what you do great and what you struggle with, those are the things that you want to master. You don't want to master what other people are telling you, but get in touch with yourself and be the very best you that you can be. Because embracing yourself and being yourself is that path to the zone. I think that's an aspect that isn't looked at enough, is that individual subjective nature that relaxes your mind. So become aware of who you are. Be good at what, like, love what you're doing out there. Appreciate your skill sets and just keep getting better at that. You're going to get a lot further and you're going to find yourself being able to be a lot more successful. John, great points as always. Another great episode. Um, Again, really important for everybody to understand really what happens when things break down. Because if you're running to the range to try to fix your swing, you're looking in the wrong place. So when you really start to understand where some issues come from, then things are really going to change. So thank you again for listening. We love having you here. Again, make sure to follow us on Instagram as we're answering questions there. And 
doing everything we can do to help you get to the level you want to get to by talking about things that matter. So thanks again for following the Go Low Show. Check out our website, www.thegolowshow.com, and you can submit uh, questions there as well. And we're happy to do uh, future episodes on things to help you. But until the next time, we'll see you at the Go Low Show.